Hi, welcome to day five of Event Well Being Week. We've had some really, really fabulous sessions this week. And uh, boy, are we in for a treat because um, we have a really super uh, session coming up from uh, the lovely Michelle Wheatley. Uh, welcome to Michelle and uh, to those of you watching and our uh, live and also those of you who'll be watching on demand. Um, Michelle is the Global Operations Manager at uh, BCG Meetings and Events and uh, today uh, Michelle's session will focus on body confidence, um, especially um, how everybody is feeling after uh, all the lockdowns and how everybody can move forward. So Michelle, uh, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to hand over to you now and uh, we look forward to um, your session. Oh, hello. <laughs> That's I'm not sure fine. if anyone can hear me. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you're all good to go. Um, so we're looking forward to your session. If you'd like to uh, start the session, Michelle, that would be super. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I was jumping around trying frantically to sort out my audio because it all went blank and I couldn't hear anything. But I'm here. <laughs> and thank you so much for that introduction. Um, I think it's uh, so one of the main reasons I wanted to do this session today was very recently I've heard a lot more conversation about what do we wear and panic about out of leggings and into jeans and what do we do back when we get back into events and it's it, it's come to a point I think where I myself am feeling that so after nearly two years of being in leggings or sweating bottoms or anything like that the thought of having every, anything with a zip terrified me and I mean this is a long-running issue um, I think COVID itself has brought a lot of challenges for everyone and you know one of the best things about COVID has been some of the benefits I think so we've had time to work on ourselves new exercise regimes look after ourselves with diets and things because you know, some of us have been unwell, so more looking at what we put into our bodies, what we do with our bodies, and ultimately, you know, how we feel about ourselves inside. And I think pre-COVID, that wasn't necessarily the case. And if I think back through my world of events, so I was a global event manager at EY for eight years. Um, so I fell into events at the age of 26. I was a big foodie. I loved my food. I loved my drink. And the thought of being paid to go on tastings and choose what people were going to eat was just beyond exciting to me. And I loved it. Loved it for those years that I did it. But I always felt under a certain pressure at the same time to look a certain way, to act and feel a certain way as well. And, you know, 
back in the 2010s, late 2010s, it was about smart beyond, you know, looking like you're in control, part like, like an on-site uniform almost. So, you know, sleek black dresses, um, be glamorous, but not too glamorous. Be smart, but still approachable. Be fashionable, but not overly trendy. So there were all of these different things that I felt I had to almost live up to. And that's without the thought of, do I need to wear something new? Do I need to wear something different? Do I need to stand out or fit in? There were so many questions, I think, that came with delivering on-site events that that can put you into a bit of a tailspin. Well, it certainly did me. So you've got this paradox of eating incredible things, going to incredible places, but also being so, so careful about what outfit you're going to need to pack. Could it be a ball gown? Could it be a, a black shift dress? You know, either way, you're going to have to, you know, feel comfortable and, you know, look the part within that event. And I think it also tied in with, at the same time, how I felt about myself. So, I'd always had issues with food. I always had challenges with diets, on and off diets through most of my adult years. And always thinking, okay, so I've got this coming up, I'll buy it in a size below. And ultimately putting extra pressure on myself to fit into that. And it never happened. You know, it came to event day and I was still the same size as I was because ultimately I'd never seen that goal as a reachable goal it wasn't for me it was for somebody else and I thought that you know by getting these clothes that I would be you know doing the right thing involving myself in the right thing and feeling good but I wasn't <laughs> you know I'd come to event day I would put those clothes on they were too tight I was constantly messing around with them pulling straps up moving you know and you're on site you're running around you've not got time to be uncomfortable so it took a very, very, very long time for me to actually buy the size of clothes I was and, you know, not worry about not being able to fit into the size I was last year at the same event and, you know, prioritising my comfort and how I was, how I was feeling inside. And I think that also, when you're looking for those clothes, when you're thinking about what to wear, for me as well, there was that financial pressure. Like if, if maybe I wasn't the size that I wanted to be, I'd get some false eyelashes or I'd get a spray tan. And that financial cost just carried on, carried on building up. You know, you, you end up spending a fortune at the beauty salon to make your face look perfect. And then you're in, you're in Tesco's clothes because you refuse to buy clothes from Ted Baker or, you know, Reese that are the size that you don't want to be. So you're in this shame spiral of, okay, I will, I will wear these clothes because they fit. Do they make me feel happy, comfortable? No. So I think lockdown has given me certainly the opportunity to really dive deep into why that is and not think about, because there's nothing you have, you've had to, diet to fit into clothes there's nothing you've had to do during lockdown to 
you know, improve your weight or whatever, you know, during lockdown, it's about, there's been a lot of thinking time. And it was at the very beginning of lockdown when I actually started to think, okay, maybe I need some sort of therapy to really figure out what's going on with my body confidence, my body issues. And is there something deeper there? And obviously, without events, you don't have that distraction of site visits, tastings, eating when you are allowed to eat, opposed to when you want to eat or when you're hungry, working out when you want to, because you've got more freedom. So through a very intensive period of therapy and some really great advice from friends, I started looking into other forms of eating disorder, um, binge eating disorder, particularly for myself, and how I'd be able to overcome that to actually start loving myself. Because all of these elements of buying clothes I didn't like, going to the beauty salon to make myself look better than I thought I was, all of that circled back to the same answer, that I didn't love myself, that I didn't appreciate myself, that I didn't respect myself. And all of these things were put together to sort of support me in that same thought. So with peeling back those layers and actually, you know, getting to know myself more, what makes me happy, what makes me trigger, that is what has really helped me personally over the past couple of years. And I think one of the most dangerous things, I think, about not just the pandemic, um, but in general, is that up till now, I don't feel like necessarily weight, diet, fitness has been linked to self-care and well-being. Um, I think only recently that has come in as an as an issue that there is that link. And it was very interesting for me when I was at an event a couple of months ago and listening to all of the people up there, listening to their goals, listening to their thoughts, their visions for the future. It was the first time I'd heard self-care, well-being and body image linked. So there was a lot on, I want to start meditating. I want to start celebrating myself. I want to start being grateful for what I can do opposed to what I can't do. And then almost that looks after the rest of it. You know, that looks after what you actually want to eat, what's going in your body, what is good for you, what is healthy, what makes you feel good. And that is all linked together. And it was the first time that I'd heard that. Before that, it felt like diet culture, aesthetics, weight management, it's all a form of self-torture sometimes because you want to eat these things, but you know they're not going to be great for you. And you want to buy these clothes, but you know that's not going to help anybody because they're not going to make you feel good. It's not going to make your bank balance feel good. So it's just interesting now, I think, especially in our industry, how that is definitely coming to the forefront more. People are prioritising themselves more. I certainly am. Um, I put all of my efforts um, into running. So for 2019, I took it upon myself to run the Manchester and London marathons within in the same year. So they were both in April back then. 
Um, so I did both of them within three weeks. Afterwards, I should have been jumping up and down thinking this is amazing and, you know, super, super proud of myself. The first thing I did was look back at the photos to see how fat I looked, honestly. And I thought, why do we do that to ourselves? Why do we go to our photos and say, right, do I look slim? Do I not look slim? How, wh why do we do that? Instead of thinking my body has just ran nonstop for five and a half hours. For the second time that month, you know, we, we don't respect ourselves enough and we don't celebrate ourselves enough. So recently to support me, what I've been doing is really working with lots of people that can help me. So I have a nutrition coach and I have a fitness coach and I have a therapist. And those people are doing pretty simple things with me. They're, they're asking me to write down every day what I'm grateful for. They're asking me to think about some goals, some achievable, realistic goals. And they allow me to talk about it. They allow me to talk about, you know, there's a bar of chocolate currently in my house that is a miracle it's still there because I've wanted to eat it all week. But the reason it's still there is because I ask myself regularly why I want it and what what's gone on to make me want it. And most of the time then I go for a walk and clear my head and that sorts it out. I no longer want that chocolate. So I think, you know, when we are thinking about doing some sort of self-harm and you know, going to a sort of addictive place, be that food, be that alcohol, because food food is an addiction for sure. And that was my biggest challenge. And definitely since, um, you know, at tastings, if you like food, you just eat it all, you know, because it's free and you're being paid to do it. So I think now that element has gone, it has given everybody the opportunity to really think, okay, what do I want to do? What makes me happy? And what kind of things do I like to do? And that then enables us to really think, okay, what about my what about my body? You know, it's it's bodies are incredible. We are absolutely incredible. And this year it's certainly been the age of body confidence. So I follow my Instagram now, I follow body confident people so I went through my Instagram and controlled what I sit on social media so you know if there's somebody that is promoting epic weight loss I don't want to see that I want to see people that are loving their bodies that are celebrating their bodies whatever size or shape they may be because that's where it starts I think the minute you love or at least accept your body. Love is a big thing. I think body and self-love is a huge, huge thing, especially in this culture. Like we have been, we have almost been sort of instructed and built to think that a body needs to look a certain way for years. And the scariest thing for us is that changes. So, you know, you have in the 90s, it was the trend to be really skinny. 
in the noughties, it was a trend to be slim, not skinny, but slim. They'd put it on a little bit. Um, and now I feel like it's the trend to look fit and strong. Like Instagram is full of people in their latest fitness gear, you know, their tiny, tiny waists and their toned big bottoms. And, you know, you look at them and you think, wow, like they're strong. So I think strength and fitness is now a trend. And I think that's healthy because it enables us to all think, okay, you know, things about how we can actually, you know, work out. And that, that to me, that is really good to look at. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Ashley Graham, the supermodel, the American supermodel. I love her. She's, you know, she she's flying the flag for body confidence in, I say in plus size women. I hate that term because plus size is suggested to be anything over a size 14 now and the average size in the UK is 16. So I think that automatically puts anyone in an average dress size at a bit of a psychological disadvantage. But I look at her, I look at runners that I really respect. So, you know, Jenny Falconer on Instagram is great because she's she loves to run and she's somebody that celebrates her body. So, you know, it's not that you follow people that are a certain size or a certain weight. It's people that promote good body confidence and body respect, I think. And that's where my content, what, what I soak up on Instagram has changed a lot this year. Really looking at when I'm, when I'm scrolling down there, who speaks to me, who do I, who do I think they've got a healthy outlook. And that's something that, you know, I want to think about my own body. So I think people like that are really good for promoting body confidence. I also think this year that, you know, we are all at a stage now where we are back looking at clothes, back looking at, you know, what we want to be wearing, when we want to be wearing it. And it has almost a mass massively, just amazingly gone into, it's nearly Christmas. So my big thing has been to not worry about that. Like, I think that it's not the end of the world to me anymore if I've gone up a dress size. And likewise, I don't over celebrate if I go down a dress size. It's weight. And I'm in a place now where weight is weight. It doesn't define you. It doesn't say how amazing or awesome you are. Um, what it did for me was allow me to get to know myself properly. Um, so... I was in a mentoring program for a year called Fast Forward 15. And my biggest my biggest goal for Fast Forward 15 was to lose five stone. So I joined the program and I thought, this is amazing. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to lose five stone. So automatically, that was my overarching goal. It wasn't the case of I want to start speaking or I want to start, you know, getting a promotion or being paid more that was my goal um we graduated a year after that and I stood on that stage and my mentor and I had this thought that I'd have actually a pair of scales that I would stand on at graduation 
and my weight be sort of flagged up. Now, that must sound to some of you absolutely awful and terrifying. But to me, that was my commitment to myself that I would do that. So after a year, obviously, of attempting to lose weight, to get fit, during that year, I actually had COVID. Um, I had a sprained ankle, which means I couldn't do any exercise. There were lots of other psychological things going on that meant I couldn't do that. But really, it was a case of me holding up my hands and saying, I'm human. We're in a pandemic. I've been homeschooling. I've been a wife, a mom. I've worked full time. And I'm just about sane. And I think that that was enough for me to stand up on stage and say that I hadn't reached that goal about weight loss, but actually I gained so much confidence because I realised by then that my dress size, my weight, how fast I could run a marathon in, if I could run a marathon, that wasn't linked to me. That wasn't linked to my confidence. It was just stuff that had happened. And I'm not saying this is easy. It certainly wasn't for me at all. There's been, I'm 36 now. So I've had 30 years of being told that I was the fat chubby one or I couldn't wear this, that or the other because I didn't fit this, that or the other. But instead it it was and a lifetime, a lifetime of essentially being told that I wasn't good enough because of my size. And now as a 36 year old, I have been lots of sizes, <laughs> lots of weights, lots of levels of fitness. Um, and right now I'm in the best place possible. And that is through every single day. I've mentioned this earlier, but gratitude. Every single day I write down what I'm grateful for. And one of those has to be something on my body. It could be my legs because I've done a great run. It could be my hands. <laughs> it could be anything. But I have to, I've trained myself now to look at gratitude. I also make it an absolute essential to drink water sounds so strange but I think even it's it's the thing at the moment hydrate hydrate I even saw I can't remember who it was on Instagram that I saw this morning but it was what it was a famous actress and she looked beautiful no filter looked absolutely stunning and she just said one thing hydrate and it's so true uh, and I think it's something that a lot of people do take for granted so after this go and get yourself a big bottle of water or drink of water because I've learned recently it's so, so important. I feel so much better if I hydrate properly. And it all goes similarly, walking and being outside. So I got a dog last year and I walk her twice a day, every day without fail. And just having first thing in the morning, just having that, that sort of active time really gets me to think about Firstly, what I'm grateful for, because you walk around, especially at the moment, you know, it's beautiful. You've got sunny skies. It's beginning to be autumn. So it really sort of brings it back in terms of 
what you can be grateful for and it gets your body moving it might clears your mind so many good things about walking and it gets your steps up which means that you you're healthier and i think that you know one thing that i did realize is do what makes you happy so i ran for years i ran marathons as i said for years and years and they made me happy because i got a medal at the end <laughs> so it's almost like someone's congratulating you which is great but is it really for you like if you love it brilliant but if you just love it because of the result that's not ideal so find an exercise that you adore find something that you would never ever cancel on a weekly basis and that will make you feel good and your body then will thank you even more because you're doing something that makes you feel good you're not forcing your body to do something that doesn't make you feel good also i think the biggest thing i've learned is to be kind to yourself um this is a very very hard time still and i think that whilst covid is not disappearing but it's definitely not as bad and it's sort of, is sort of fading out i do think there is a mental health pandemic happening right now and so many people out there are struggling um i know my team are i lead a team of global event planners and i know they're all struggling i know a lot of my friends are struggling as are my family so i think it's it's about being kind to you but being kind to other people and supporting them and also not judging them it's incredibly hard right now for me to say that yes i have been having therapy for a binge eating disorder anxiety and depression like that's a, that's a very hard thing to admit and a hard thing to say but also i think we're at a time now where we can say that we can admit it to ourselves and talk to other people about it and not be judged because especially at the moment it's definitely more normalized and what's even better is there are so many people out there that can help support and are probably thinking very similar to you so if you hear, heard anything from this today then it would be that you are amazing you have an amazing body and you have people out there to support you so be kind to yourself be honest with yourself uh, be open with your friends and enjoy yourself enjoy your body and enjoy getting back into this industry we all love so much i think i'm staying on in a bit for any q and a so thank you so very much for everyone that's joined in to today appreciate it Hi, Michelle. Um, I uh, really, truly wanted to give you such a, a heartfelt thank you uh, from the heart because for you to uh, speak so openly and honestly and candidly about all the challenges that you have faced on a personal level, um, it's, um, it's truly commendable. Um, and thank you for sharing uh, your story with us um and uh i uh know that other you know people you know that were on linkedin live um have 
been able to associate some of you know the feelings you know that you've actually uh, gone through so thank you so much you know for you know for sharing that with us um i wanted to thank you again for joining uh, live those of you that are going to be watching uh, on demand and um just um a little mention this weekend as part of event wellbeing week eventwell is running the weekend pledgeathon uh, so uh, if anybody would like to support their industry colleagues in the events business, um, uh, you can uh, make the smallest donation. Um, if you wish, uh, just visit eventwell.org and uh, you'll find further information on that website. Um, Michelle, a huge thank you for sharing. Um, and uh, if, everybody, if anybody wants to have informal uh, Q&A with Michelle, um, uh, you know, you can actually sign into the um, the uh, other platform and we'll join you very shortly. Thanks and bye-bye. Thank you.